I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Well, we're back. Welcome to Dragonheart. We've had a good few weeks off, and I think after the roller coaster of last season, I think we've deserved it, and I think we've got over that crushing defeat against Grimsby. However, there's a new season starting. Mark, how are you feeling? I'm feeling like you've not introduced any of us. Well, yes. All right, okay, okay. Including yourself. Along, along with Mark, there is myself, the host, Che, Neil, and Bill Long of Wrexham AFC. How are you all? I'm, I'm glad I know who they all are now. <laughs> hey, don't... Friends. We've had a good few weeks off. I'm rusty. I'm rusty. I'm rusty. <laughs> Anyway, we, I have, we have seen each other throughout the summer to discuss the goings-on of Dragonheart and the future of Dragonheart. Um, yeah, and it, it's a, it was a very professional meeting in the Place Cork, which <laughs> is a usual meeting place of most um, politicians of certain parties. Anyway. We be smog there last week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. The topics of today. He's got on his chest. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> the topics of today. We've got pre-season of Hull. Talk about the games we've had, how we've looked, etc. We've got the signings and the announcement of the reserve team that happened today. Well, not today. It would have been Tuesday. The listeners are now listening on Friday. And we're going to have our own little season preview that me and Mark have done for the last couple of seasons. So... Yeah, let's not waste any more time. This is Dragonheart. I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragonheart. Well, we've just had a quite a successful preseason, I must say. Boys, um, we've played Nantwich. Is it Leganes, Mark? How would you... Is that, how, is that the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Notts County under 21s and Macclesfield. What'd you say, sorry? Notts Forest under 21s, mate, sorry. Oh, yeah, not yeah, Notts Forest. Not, no, Nottingham Forest under 21s. Yeah. Apologies. They'll get offended if you call them Notts Forest. Uh, yeah, it seems to have been quite a successful pre-season. I haven't really got... Didn't really get to watch any of the games. So, to be fair, I was still enjoying a break away from football, but I caught the Macclesfield game. I've caught the highlights of the Nantwich game. Mark, have you had a bit more of a look of how we've looked as a whole this whole pre-season? Yeah, I mean, I would argue that you you judge a pre-season on how you start the season. If it prepared you correctly, then it was a good pre-season. And I think in some ways this is a good example of it because the games in Spain, we didn't win, but we've come out of Spain and that training camp looking good. So that is successful. I've, I've got, I mean, it feels weird to play so few preseason friendlies. I've got to be honest, but against Macclesfield, they looked, they looked sharp. The passing from the very start has been good at Macclesfield, at Nantwich. We were really snappy the way we were punching passes in. And I said it in commentary on Saturday. I felt that one of the things that pleased me was something that didn't work against Macclesfield, that Anthony Ford, who'd only come the day before, uh, looked, he, he was passing the ball inside and then not bombing on. 
and the team were very quick to tell him that. And I thought, yeah, because the team looked very well grooved and organised and they all know their automatic movements and they know their system. And I thought it was good to see, you know, it's not just a, a Gary Mills style, get on the pitch, lads, and just have fun and move the ball about and see what you can do. It, it was actually, you know, we are, a, you know, we have a, a modern style of play. We have systems um, and the players know what they're supposed to do, their automatic movements in certain phases of the game. And, and that pleased me, that did, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I think we look pretty good myself. I think I think a lot of people, especially this day and age, look into preseason a little bit too much. You know, you know, you look at the United Liverpool game, for example, where United beat Liverpool four one. It's just a training exercise. It's just sparring, isn't it? Basically, it's glorified sparring. But Neil, you were lucky yes. enough to commentate on the Macclesfield game on Saturday. What do you take away from that game? I was very positive coming away from Maxwell's game. I thought we played some really good football. <clears throat> and, yeah, Ford gave us a different dimension down the wing. You know, he was willing to take on players and get a ball in the box early, which I think we've lacked last season. Um, but on the whole, I thought we, you know, I'm hoping that's a team that may start on Saturday. Um, because I was really impressed with them. I've been impressed by the work rate. They all look fit. Um, we forget they had a uh, behind-closed-doors friendly as well at Man United. Um, and also they're playing Canada on tonight, but whether that's going to, I believe that's going to be a maybe a first team out there or the, the full squad going to be at Canada on tonight. So, um, yeah, I, I say we've lacked pre season friendlies that we've been able to go and watch, apart from Nantwich, which I didn't go to see. Um, but what I saw on Saturday, I was pleasantly surprised, you know, of how fit they looked, how well they passed the ball. There was none of this hoofball over the top. Um, a lot of thought went into the passing and, yeah, you know, as Mark said, you know, it will tell by our first, you know, maybe half a dozen games how, how well this preseason has been. Um, but I can only see good things coming this season for Exxon, with, especially with the players I've added, especially yesterday as well. Um, so, very hopeful. Yeah, it has been a very hopeful preseason, and the signings, which we'll get on to later, um, have looked good in pre-season. The signs that we've just brought in prior to today also look excellent. Bill, what, what do you take away from the Macclesfield game? Um, I, I want to echo what Neil said and look, you know, like mention how good Anthony Ford looked because he was he was absolutely fantastic. But uh, I think what he brought to the table actually improved uh, the likes of Young and Jones as well, who looked. Uh, were able to get into different sort of positions because they weren't having to operate as the as the person trying to provide the ball in those in those areas. So, uh, yeah, really excited. It's look, it's difficult to judge. They're uh, you can correct me on this, Mark, if I'm wrong. But they Northern Premier yeah. West Division, yeah. Uh, Northern uh, Premier, uh, I know it's that Northern Premier Premier now. So yeah, so they're they're three right. Levels, okay, the three levels below us is the simple way of putting it. And they, and they probably should only be two levels below us because they, they're spending money to try and get up as well. And they? they're probably in a similar sort of situation to us where the, the quality of their squad, you know, they've got a goalkeeper on loan from Liverpool, so they're not complete mugs, are they? Um, you know, OK, to, you should be expecting us to beat them when we've beaten the likes of Barnet at home 6-0 in the middle of the season. But it's a training exercise and you still got to go and beat these teams who, who even in pre-season, they're thinking, ooh, let's go and give, give Wrexham a black eye, make sure that they don't... Um, 
make us look like idiots. So yeah, overall looks looks really good so far. Yeah, and the positive parts is we've beat who we've meant to have beaten throughout pre-season and we played Nottingham Forest under 21s, which will always be a tough test, won't it really? You know, playing a Premier League under 21 side and we play Leganes as well. I'm not sure if that was a full strength side, but they are in the the Spanish well, equivalent to championship, I believe. So they're obviously going to be a strong outfit. So I quite like the diverse teams we've had that we've played throughout preseason, but it may be in some ways a shame. Like Mark said on that Rex Manorak is the highest, uh, the Maxfield game is the highest attended friendly of, um, or oh, since Liverpool glass come and played, wouldn't it have been nice to have a big team come and play us at the race course? But I don't think big teams seem to do that anymore, do they? No, it's not the nature of that sort of thing anymore, is it? I don't think that they're not even willing to send an under 23s to, to places now, are they? They're more likely to do it on a, on a tour and have them play in, well, in Spain like we did. Yeah, exactly. And, and I got to say credit to the Wrexham fans who turned up against Macclesfield, you know, a team, so many leagues, blowers. It's not really anything to get excited about. But to be fair, Mark, the atmosphere was great, wasn't it? There was some cracking chants. You know, it was nice, friendly vibes. It was 4,000 plus for a pre-season against a side who are leagues blowers. Just shows them how big we are at this moment in time. Oh, it, it absolutely it reflects the buzz around the town and the buzz around the club, doesn't it? The, the signings that Neil mentioned they really feel like an upgrade to the squad. Uh, everything, the, the kit launch, everyone seems to love the new shirt. Everything feels really positive. The trailer for the Wrexham to, uh, Welcome to Wrexham uh, documentary. And yeah, there's a fantastic buzz. And yeah, the atmosphere was very good. And as you said, biggest crowd for Wrexham friendly Homer away in 15 years. Uh, that tells you something, doesn't it? As what was it you said to me, Che? I, I can't remember. Or was it you, Neil, that... It wasn't so long ago that 4,000 would be considered a pretty good league crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I think many people have been saying that on Twitter. So, it, you know, it just shows, you know, where we are at in a cl- as a club. And it's just very, very exciting. And you just touched on it. It's something we didn't talk about previously is the two new kits that have come out. We usually talk about kits and they come out this season. We, we, we have, we, we've delayed Dragon Heart a little bit. Um, Neil, what's your thoughts on both home and away kits this season? I, I like the home kit. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen the away kit yet, and I haven't really. I've got to go in the shop on Saturday to buy a kit, so uh, I haven't really seen. But but what I saw on Saturday, I really like it. I like the new design. Looks very light. You know, different to what we had last season. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, whether I'll buy one, I don't know. It might be the the away kit that I buy. Well, I, I've already bought the away kit. There it is. There you are, Neil. Luke Young wearing the away kit. Yeah. Yeah, I like the blue one, see? Yeah, and I think <laughs> and I think for a lot of new fans as well, Wrexham having a blue kit seems confusing, but really it is historically relevant, isn't it, Mark? Yes. I mean, everyone jumps on the fact that it looks like a kind of Wrexham lager, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, the, I mean, having for me as a kid, I always remember us having the light blue kit when we went, went into the um, what's now a championship and winning at Nottingham Forest in it and things like that. So, to me, it feels quite nostalgic. I think 
I could be wrong. Um, like, I think that was the first time we had the light blue away kit. So I seem to remember people were making a bit of a fuss. Sorry. But I think it's a, it's a nice looking kit. It's very clean, both home and away. There's no real fuss on them. And I think they're both very attractive shirts. Yeah, they are. Bill, your, your thoughts on both shirts? You've got the red one. I've got the blue one. At, at the, the risk of sounding like a bit of a, a company shill, uh, I absolutely love both of them. Uh, pe- people might say, oh, look, it's Dragon Art. It's the official Wrexham podcast. Listen to them banging on about the kits, blah, blah, blah. But the away kit for me is absolutely perfect. I love a Sky Blue Wrexham kit. Absolutely love it. I think the first Wrexham kit I ever owned was the 2005 Monero Roof Trusses Sky Blue with the, with the dark blue sleeves. I love that kit. Um I just think it does, does the Wrexham Lager homage, you know, there's the the fact that we've had some fantastic teams in those kits. Can't complain. And a lot of people complain about both kits looking really plain. But after last year, I think actually having two pretty plain kits, it really suits uh, us. You can't keep having wacky kits every time, can you? And I'm sure, you know, the, the third kit that we've got now, I might be remembering wrong, but they said it would be operating for a year, so it would be from Boxing Day to Boxing Day or whenever it was released. So it might be that we even get a new third kit come the uh, the Christmas period, possibly. I could be completely off there, but who knows? That that would be interesting if we get some kind of like pink and purple stripes or something just to balance out all the, the complaints about it being a, <laughs> a bit too plain. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I love both the kits too. Uh, other news, other quick little news as well is there's now going to be Carlin, <laughs> Carlin and Madri served alongside Rex and Lager in the concourses this season. The more choice, the better, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, you've you've got to have as much choice as possible. We had choices there anyway, but it's probably better that we have actual proper decent pumps in there. And I know Madri's a very popular choice on a in the in the football Twitter sphere at the moment, so. A solid back three, just like Wrexham have got. Exactly. So the more choice, the better. And on that, on that subject, after this, we're going to talk about our six new sign-ins. I'm Liam McClendon, and this is Dragon Heart. Well, we certainly have been busy off the pitch, and we've been busy on the pitch. We've made some cracking new signings. You know, we've really seemed to have upgraded the squad this season. Bill, um, first through the door this season, I think, I could be wrong, I think it was Howard. It was Howard or Tuncliffe were the first two through the door. But Howard, what were your thoughts when he came through the door, Bill, an experienced goalkeeper? I think of, of, all, the, of all the signings, this one's the most interesting in, in a lot of ways because... Um, there was that debate with do you go and get a strong first keeper or do you go and get somebody that is just going to be without wanting to sound harsh? And I think I've been quite honest on Dragon Heart about how much I like Dibble, but somebody maybe as possibly as an upgrade on Dibble, but will be second to Rob Layton. Uh, I think Howard's kind of somewhere in between, isn't he? Because Howard was a very good keeper in League Two last year. But Lainton is probably at least a League Two standard keeper. And when he comes back from injury, it'll be interesting to see whether Lainton's going to slide in there or whether he's going to be given an opportunity to go and get a bit of fitness on loan or what the situation is. So it's not as clear cut as in other positions where we've gone and signed a League One, possibly even championship sort of level player and put them into that goalkeeping position. You know, Having said that, he, he, he seems to crack an acquisition mark, doesn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think so. Um, he's not had much to do in the preseason games I've seen because we've been dominant in them. But yeah, he's a, he's an experienced keeper. I think you're right. I, th- I think it's a genuine case of competition with Lainton. Um because Lainton, as we know, you know, he's he's still quite a distance, I think, from coming back. So even without Lainton, we've still got a solid, good first and second choice goalkeepers. And when Lainton comes back, there'll be terrific competition for that place, won't there? And so do you think he's going to well, be the first choice keeper? Lainton or Howard? No. Howard. For um, now. Who knows? Howard's first choice now, isn't he? Surely. But I would say that then when Lainton comes back, I mean, Lainton's going to have to force his way into the team. As we all know, with goalkeepers, the person in possession has got a big advantage until they drop a few clangers. Exactly. I think if Howard's playing well, you don't usually just change the goalkeeper willy-nilly on rotation, dear. You? you need the goalkeeper and the defence to be at one, where I think sometimes last season where no dis- no discredit in Dibble at all. I think Dibble did an excellent job. I think when he first came in, when Lainton got injured, there was a few little mistakes of communication between himself and the defence. So I think if Howard comes in, he plays well, I don't think you just switch Lainton straight back in straight off the bat, in my personal opinion. Neil, are um, you thinking that Dibble would be first choice now? Do I not think Dibble will be first choice now? Why Neil, I don't... Neil, were you saying that? Um, I'm, I'm not too sure, but going on the, obviously the friendlies where he's been playing Howard, I think he's, he's you know, that's where his plan is to play him as, as our first coach, choice keeper until Leighton maybe, you know, fit and well, but as you say, that could be a few months away. My only concern with Howard was his, with his distribution a little bit on uh, on Saturday. You know, some of his his kicking wasn't too accurate. I mean, his hands, what he had to do with his hands, he was solid and safe, but uh, a little bit concerned about his distribution. But uh, is he a better keeper than Dibble? I, 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 I don't know. You know, how do you compare them both? Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll, you know, we'll, we'll suck it and see and see how he goes. He may play him for the first few games and then say, Hey, well, we'll bring Dibble and if he makes a few mistakes, but with the defence being solid, you know, as you say, he's not had a lot to do, but hopefully that'll be the case for a while. I personally think we brought him in to be number one. He was Carlisle United's player of the season last year. You know, that says a lot, doesn't it? You know, a team who are a league above us, he wins their <laughs> player of the season for him to come down means he's playing for number one. He's not going to be playing for second fiddle. So... Yeah, and I thought he looked okay. I thought he looked okay on um, Saturday. Yeah, I agree. Some of his kicking wasn't brilliant, but he looked confident with the ball at his feet at the same time as well, didn't he, Bill? Yeah, he didn't. I think the thing is with, with goalkeepers at our level, they're going to have one thing wrong with them. They wouldn't be at our level if, if they had, didn't have at least one thing wrong with them. And if it's the kicking, oh, all right, you know, everything does start from the back these days, but I'd rather he was good at saving than... Than, than his distribution. If there was going to be one weak area, let's let him do well with his hands and we can figure the feet out afterwards, even if he has to pass it to, to Tozer to get the ball rolling. Exactly, exactly. So uh, the next sign after that was John Tuncliffe, who he signed from Crawley, who was very well liked at Crawley from the sounds of things. He's played at Fylde before. Mark, this is a sign you seem quite excited about when we signed him. Give us the lowdown on what you think. Well, just I, it's just an eye test, really. Every time I saw him play against us for Fylde, I thought, man, he's a good centre-back. 
Um, he's, he's, he's strong, he's confident on the ball as well. Um, he's a sort of bloke who could fill in for Toza in the centre of the three and also could fill in on the sides as well, which you might argue the departed Sean Brisley wasn't able to do. He was very much, I think, you could put him in the middle, but I don't think you're going to put him on the sides and get him moving up and down. Uh, but he's a good centre-back. And <laughs> as I said in the commentary, the first time he got involved after coming on as a sub on Saturday, I mistook him for Toza. And that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. built like Toza. He's a, you know, he's very similar to him in, in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's quite reassuring when you see the the physicality of the centre backs we've got available for us. Exactly. Um, with Turner Cliff as well, as you're saying, he could be a direct replacement if, if Toza was to get injured. Hopefully, that doesn't happen because Toza's vital to this team. But Bill. Could you also see Tuncliffe or the centre-halves we do have, if we do have a centre-half injury crisis, I think the centre-halves we do have could all play in the back four as well, couldn't they? Yeah, there's, there's definitely no reason why not. I think may, maybe, um, just looking, thinking at the pairings, you've got two left-footers there in, in um, Lennon and Tuncliffe. You've got Hayden, who I think could play... Well, he's, he's capable of playing anywhere in a, in a back four, really. I'd, I'd probably put him at right back if we were in a real crisis. He's that good with the ball at his feet. And, uh, you know, Tozer and Kluwer are also fantastic, aren't they? So I, I wouldn't be too worried if we did have to switch to a back four. What, what do you think, Neil? Um, well, I haven't seen a lot of Tony Clough, apart from, you know, the, the little bit he had on Saturday. But um, yeah, I, I think he's going to have to fight for his place, you know, with Tozer and uh, the defence we have at the moment. He's, he's going to be there sat on the bench until... They put a foot wrong because I, I can't see anything wrong with our, our back three at the moment. Whether we revert to a back four, I very much doubt it. Um, because, you know, we've got the wing backs. I mean, um, McFadden had a good game on Saturday. So did uh, uh, O'Connor. Um, so I, I think that's our setup for the season, to be honest. Uh, but I think when you get strong, strong players coming in, it has the room for rotation as well, doesn't it, Mark? Where I think last season we 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 had it, but we didn't have it at the same time, did we? Uh, yeah, I think rotation is a, an intriguing possibility this year because when you look at the strength of depth that we've got, there's a lot of players who I'm sure have come to us because they feel they're going to be first choice. There's a lot of players who drop down divisions. You don't want to drop down to the National League and be a backup player. And yet, well, I mean, take what Neil just said. McFadden had an excellent game as a left wing back, I thought, and has been a very good signing. And we've just brought in Jacob Mondi. And, you know, he's flexible, but essentially, last few years, he's been playing as a left back. Well, go figure. Which one's going to fit in? Uh, it's a fantastic problem to have. I agree with Neil. I don't think that we'll look to deviate away from three at the back unless things go wrong. The only time we did it last season was because things were going wrong and he, he tried 4-2-3-1 and that was worse. So we went back to what, what was working well for us. But yeah, there's a lot of flexibility in there. I've got to say as well, I also agree with Neil that Tony Clough's a very good signing, but he's going to have to push Clueth out of the way. And I've said to a few people uh, after Saturday that I thought Clueth would be starting the Saturday ahead of Tony Cliff, And I got universal surprised reactions when I've said that, but what, what has Clueth done long? He, he's he's still a teenager. Uh, he's, yeah. he, he hasn't let us down yet. 
totally agree with you, Mark. I mean, you'd be like a kick in the teeth, wouldn't you, if you dropped uh, dropped in because we've got a new, uh, you know, left back coming in. I mean, he, he's, he hasn't put a foot wrong all last season, and you know, it's a shame he didn't score on Saturday. If he did score that goal, that'd have been the icing on the cake. So, I yeah. I, I I agree, but if Tuncliffe's better, then you play Tuncliffe. Better yeah. in what way, though? But no, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not breaking him down yet because I've not seen nothing yet. But if Tuncliffe is better, you play Tuncliffe. Simple as that. You know, you, you can. It's one of those that. Yeah, I'm I, th- sorry. I think you can be a bit. Sometimes, sometimes. Oh yeah, I really like Clue. If we all do love Clue, if I'm his biggest fan. If you listen to Dragon Heart last season, of course. But you know, I think at the end of the day, you play your best eleven, and it's up to Tuncliffe now to show on the training ground that he's the best centre-half we have. And I think if he's good enough, if he proves that he's better enough to fill Parkinson and he starts, then I'm not against it either. Are we a centre-back short? I think we are. I don't think we are. No. See, for I me, think... We're playing three at the back. So you've got Cluith and Tunnicliffe, Tozer and Hayden, and you've got Harry Lennon, who... Again, I mean, he's an excellent centre-back, but we all know he has injury problems and he's only been given a contract this year to, for a year to prove his fitness. And then beyond that, you're looking at Dan Davis in terms of, you know. And so for me, I would quite like to see us bring another centre-back unless, and I would be okay with this, Phil Parkinson has seen enough of Dan Davis to trust him because he looked good in the pre-season games I've seen him in. But that's Then we've got good. Mendy as well. So again? Mendy as well. He's no. more of a winger, I would say. Wing back winger, I would say. Okay. He's he's big, strong bloke. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I want him going in the other side and scoring from twenty-five yards. Yeah, I do think in a crisis we've got we've got McFadden and uh, Tom O'Connor who can play there, and I think that carries us till January, doesn't it? And if we're looking like we're still looking for centre back short. That's that's the time to maybe get one. Yeah, yeah, I I I hundred percent agree with Bill. And I think if it's the point where having to play McFadden or Tom O'Connor at centre half, it means something seriously has gone wrong, doesn't it? So, you know, and we have other youth players as well, don't we? Who play centre half. So, is it Ryan Austin does he play centre half, or am I, am I completely wrong? Yeah, but he's not fit yet. Unfortunately, so of course, he's injured, isn't he? Yeah, of course. You missed all of last season with that injury as well. So of course, yeah. You know, we, we won't want to be rushing them back. No, of course, yeah. You're right, uh, but yeah. Again, it, with Tunnicliffe, it does raise a lot of questions, doesn't it? And to is he going to be starting on Saturday? We'll remain to see. So after this, you know, and after, the next thing we had was Elliot Lee. From the heart of your community, this is Callon FM. Elliot Lee, Elliot Lee, Elliot Lee. We've just—I'm not. I don't find Elliot Lee funny, by the way. Uh, Neil's just struggled with his camera, and we all found it funny. Uh, but yeah, Bill. I wonder what his job is. <laughs> Ironically, working with cameras. <laughs> this is a tablet, so totally different. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> back to Elliot Lee. Uh, yeah, that's the signing that broke the internet. I think the most so far. I, I was, I was on a night out with my girlfriend, and my phone pinged. It's like, oh my god, we signed Elliot Lee. I was like, brilliant. 
He's played for Luton. He's played for Charlton. You know, he's played for teams at a lot higher level. And he looks like an exciting prospect, doesn't he, Bill? Yeah, I think being part of a, a football podcast, I'm supposed to, this is supposed to be the part where I bluff that I've seen him 10 million times and I know what his stats are on FIFA and, and I know exactly what his uh, passing percentages are and stuff. I don't really know a lot about him other than watching YouTube highlights, but he, he scores some absolute bangers. Uh, he's played at a really high level. He's, Luton fans seem to love him. Uh, so, and, and the Charlton fans didn't necessarily want him to go. You know, they played in League One last season, so pretty much uh, fits our profile of players that we go for, Mark, doesn't it? Yeah, well, those YouTube clips you mentioned, that you'll see him coming down the right channel, <laughs> coming inside on his right foot, doing a little curler. Um, it looks predictable, but it kept going in. So that's always a good sign, isn't it? So, But I mean, the idea that we maybe need a little bit more creativity, that perhaps we lack a player who can create from close to the strikers rather than someone like Jordan Davis, who's coming from a bit deeper or a bit wider. He sort of ticks the box for the type of player we haven't got. Yeah, I was excited. I was out for the evening when I heard uh, the same night as you, Che. I was out with my girlfriends, my phone went ping, and it was my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Love it. Uh, So, Elliot Lee, uh, Mark, do you know much more about him? Um, no, that's <laughs> what's yeah. probably saying, isn't it? He's, I, I, I'm I mean, always. I wonder whether he's the fourth striker as well in terms of the other area. I think we might be a bit light is up front, but yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it, it's again an exciting option. And again, you think, okay, well, surely he starts given the pedigree bills just described. So again, who's going to make way? It's is it rotation or is it uh, Parkinson? playing a bit of a balancing game, keeping the squad happy. But it's nice to have that sort of problem, isn't it? Exactly. And he's come from a good pedigree. A lot of the fans we've played of previous clubs seem to really like him, which is always a good sign. I'm always kind of scared of watching highlight videos because I remember we I thought we signed the non-league Yaya Tori when we signed Junior and Tammy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember watching that video thinking, wow, how has no one else signed this fella? He was but, more no-no than Yaya, wasn't he? <laughs> he was definitely no-no Torrey. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, of course, he's from a higher pedigree of player. Yeah. Neil, anything more to add on Elliot Lee? No, like the rest of you guys, I, I don't know a lot about the guy, but, you know, yes, they come from good pedigree, but then they've got... That we're playing non-league football, and they've got to, you know, they've got to prove themselves at this this level as well. And some of them may struggle for that, you know, because it's a lot more aggressive football at this level. So, uh, you know, higher leagues to get more more space on the ball, um, so they're going to have to adapt to that. So until we actually see him play on the pitch in a few games, and you know, to make a judgment on him, yeah, you know, he's got a, a great pedigree, but uh, I'd like to see him play a few games first. Yeah, and hopefully that'll be very soon. Um, I think the difference between Elliot Lee and maybe in the past as as uh, a club, and as a lot of clubs in non-leagues, so it's not just not just this in previous re- regimes, but we've signed young players who've tumbled down the leagues, who've maybe not uh, cut their teeth higher up and shown that they can that they can play at those levels. Lee has played at League Two, League One, and the Championship. Yes, he's coming to non-league with us, 
But this isn't a player that's completely on the downward spiral. He could have got a League One club. We just happened to have signed him up. It's not like other, other players that have come down because they've got a bad attitude or anything like that. This is just a player that we've targeted and given the best offer. So uh, I think, you know, we should be all right on that front. And also last year, you might remember, Terry, when we played Wheelston away, and I, I think we did it in a couple of other games, when Mullin was suspended, we sort of played a 5-4-1 with Jarvis just behind Palmer. Maybe rather than necessarily coming to be a striker, we'll be playing that sort of formation if we're in a situation where we need to play, uh, you know, Mullins injured or suspended and we've got Palmer or Dalby at the top. Lee could be that sort of uh, just behind the striker roaming rather than necessarily being an out-and-out striker to play alongside him. And in early pre-season, we were sort of playing a target man with two players off, which I thought was designed for Lee, although Lee wasn't fit for that game. And that's the... The big frustration that he's not really had much chance to get on the pitch in preseason, but I wonder if that was the idea of, you know, when Lee is available, we have Palmer up front, we have Lee and Mullin playing off him a little bit deeper because Mullin can do that and still score goals. So uh, I'd be interested to see how we accommodate him. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how this team develops this year because I think, you know, we look at the preseason last year, last season when we played Curzon Ashton at home compared to the Macclesfield one this season. It's two very different teams, isn't it? And we're a hell of a lot stronger this se- going into this season than we were last, and we had an excellent season last season. Yeah, I so, think yeah. it's good, you know, that we've actually got a, a decent squad now from the beginning of the season as well. You know, he's got all these signings in, he's brought the players in, plus what we've got already. I think we're going to be very strong from the offset this season, mm. where last season we started off very slowly. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. And the signing after that was uh, Anthony Ford, uh, left wing back. Well, I'm not really sure what position he plays, to be fair. He seems to be playing in multiple uh, positions, um, a bit of a utility player, which I think could be vital for us. Um, but yeah, we, me, Neil, Mark, and Bill seen him as well. Um Ford, he looks a good, he looks a really good player, doesn't he, Neil? Oh yeah, I, I was really impressed with him on Saturday. His ability, you know, he, he he doesn't look for the easy option, which we've you know, which I I criticised a lot last season for a couple of our players. We always rather than taking the player on, they pass it backwards. But he he was actually take players on and get the ball straight in the box, which was you know it's going to hurt teams in our league this season with with Palmer up front and and Mullin there. You know, I'm. I'm sure Mullins going to score more goals this season because we've got four there on the wing getting the balls in the box. Yeah, and and the balls in for Palmer as well, who's also excellent in the air. It's going to be brilliant, isn't it? Um, Mark, what were your what was your initial thoughts on the signing as a whole? Well, I was excited because I think again he fits that profile you said of bringing players down who shouldn't be dropping down to national league level. I've seen him in the past and winger on either side not necessarily a sort of fast winger but a skillful one or playing in the centre of midfield but Oxford have converted him to being a right wing back and well we certainly can see against Macclesfield that he's comfortable going forwards although we didn't get a chance to see what he was like defensively but he's he's intelligent on the ball, he's too fussy, he's comfortable and yeah he certainly gave us an awful lot to be optimistic about in just that, that game and remember like I said before he hadn't really trained with us, if he had trained with us at all then. So once yeah. he really gets in the swing of what we're looking to do, uh, we should have an excellent player on our hands. Yeah, I agree. And um, 
you know, we could we talk about pedigree a lot. But Bill, he's played for the likes of Wolves, Walsall, Rotherham, you know, m- on multiple appearances. You know, playing for big clubs who attract bigger crowds, you think that's going to help him when he comes to play for Wrexham, where, the, you know, the atmosphere is intimidating and we are getting sell-out crowds each week. And you'd imagine he wouldn't be phased at all by the race course, would you, if he's played for clubs like that? Uh, am I right in saying he's had some Republic of Ireland caps as well? Under twenty one, mm. under twenty one. So you know he's he's played he's played in some big game situations. Uh, I think you're right. Some some players that come to us do get a little bit phased by the crowds. We've uh, even if it's just temporarily. But you, you'd think if you played at Molyneux, as much as I love the race course and we've got an amazing atmosphere at the moment, it's not <laughs> maybe maybe the noise is you know pound for pound we're up there, but. In terms of like the sheer size of some of the clubs he's played for, he shouldn't be phased by it, should he? Really? No, I, I think that does help. I think that seriously does help. Anything else to add? Anyone got anything else to add on Ford? You say about um, experience. He's, he's he's played sixteen games in playoffs. Wow, wow. He's been up a few times. Um, so yeah, he's he's certainly been around a bit, hasn't he? He did play in the Premier League for Wolves as a young lad. Although that was one of the worst Premier League teams in history, that Wolves team that came down in 2012. So, you know, maybe I'd have got a couple of matches for him. <laughs> but actually, but again, on, on high, with hindsight, no, I wouldn't. But again, you know, he's played, <laughs> he's played in the Premier League. That's that's huge, isn't it? And oh, the, the, it's not even one percent of professional footballers get to play at that level. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's excellent and. Announced yesterday, but I think everyone knew it was coming as Dalby was at the race course on Saturday. Sam Dalby, um, we've seen him this season. Every time I've messaged Southend fans about who were your key players, he was always the first name that was brought up. He's young. He's a bit of a target man. Um, I've liked I've liked the way he's looked when I've seen him so far. Uh, Bill, you'd say he's probably going to be the backup for Ollie Palmer, but I'm sure Dalby will have different <laughs> opinions on that. Yeah, it's it, it's just what we've needed, isn't it, really? You know, I, I like Kwame Thomas a lot, and I quite like Jake Hyde from what we saw of him, but they were, they were in different sort of, how can I put it? They were sort of different parts of their career. Whereas we're bringing a young lad in who who fits a similar sort of profile to Ollie Palmer, but you'd imagine, obviously he'll be wanting to play every week, but we'll be um, more eager to try and break into the team rather than maybe seeing it as oh well I'll see the year out and then and then go somewhere else. This is a lad who will be wanting to come and unseat Palmer from his is a position in the team and and stay there. And you know how good was Ollie Palmer last year? If if uh, Sam Dalby can get into the team ahead of Palmer, he must be doing something right, must he, Mark? Oh, 100%. Um, I'm sure that he'll appreciate that he's there uh, as backup initially, but any professional worth their salt will try and force their way in. Um, he played very well for us, against us, last season in both games. Uh, he, he's a target man, but decent on the floor, good link-up play. Um, so I think he's a smart signing. But uh, remember, he's only scored 12 goals in his professional career because he's still young, he's still developing. He was young player of the year for Southend last year. I like the look of him. I think it's a, a nice piece of business. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I think he'll probably accept. Or, you know, unlike players who drop down from League One, who 
will be expecting starts, he'll probably accept that he's scrapping with Palmer, and Palmer, it's Palmer's place to lose, probably, isn't it? Exactly, and and Neil, um, we're also weakening a side in our own league, which I think <laughs> is important as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say we're weak in the side, but uh, you know, another great acquisition, and I think we'll maybe develop him as a player. Um, and that may be the role that will come on as a sub for the last 20 minutes, maybe, um, and take Palmer off and Mullin off and, and develop him, his skills. Uh, I'm sure they'll be working with him off the pitch as well. Uh, yeah, and great backup for both the players. Again, you know, I wait to see him play for Wrexham in, in a Wrexham top and, and then we'll make judgment on him. I think, yeah. Neil, Neil, it's fair to say that we ran Palmer into the ground a little at the end of last season and maybe having someone to give him a break might be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah, he, he was looking tired by the end of the season. And maybe somebody with younger legs, you know, as well, younger player, will you know, will help us out a lot. That that's what we lacked at the end of last season was that extra bit of energy, just to see us over the line in both the, the cup final and, and in the playoffs. Again, talk about extra energy was the last signing was, um, and I think Mendy, the signing of Mendy um, from Boreham Wood is definitely weakening a playoff. Um, rival, well, they're going to be pushing for the playoffs or the title. Mark, uh, we watched the Boreham with the away game last season. We both said that this is the type of player we want. He looks like he's got something about him, doesn't he? It's a very exciting signing. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I've for the last couple of years, I mean, obviously, I've been thinking we need to be signing players from a higher level who we know will come down and work for us. But Mondi, to me, stood out as the one player at our level that I thought, oh, I'd love it if we got him. He just looked fantastic for Wheelstone. He looked fantastic for us as well. Interesting backstory. A Gambian family living in Madrid. He was, he was with Atletico Madrid's C team. Don't get excited by that because people often build up, oh, somebody's in Real Madrid B team or whatever. But those, you know, they're young lads and old pros. He was in their third team. Uh, playing in Segunda Bay, which is like a sort of equivalent of the third division, but is weaker. And then because Atletico's B team got relegated to their division, you're not allowed to have two backup teams in the same division. So they were demoted another division down again. Then he played for another team in Madrid at the same Tefera level, which is very low, but then came over to Britain and apparently struggled to get trials, amazingly. But went to Red Hill, did well for them in, in the combined counties, Went to Carshalton, did really, really well. And then went to Wealdstone. And wow, seven goals in, what, 20-odd games. They get they get promoted. And then in the National League, t- 10 goals. All those goals from left wing back or left back. No wing back they played, didn't they? And then an excellent season for Boreham Woods. I mean, he played 44 games in the league last year. So he's ever-present in the league. So we brought a good player. He's physical. He can defend, but he's very fast. And he's very aggressive going forwards. And that goal that he scored against us for Wealdstone uh, two seasons ago, wow, I think. <laughs> just, just thinking of that excites me. But I think he's a, an excellent, explosive player. And well, like Neil says, Callum McFadden played very well on Saturday. We've got a real embarrassment of riches on the left-hand side now. Yeah, all the goals he scores look like absolute bangers as well. And he's, he's created some absolute... Amazing assists. Um, yeah, he, he looks really good. And he's, he looks for me someone who could be an impact player. So we'll say if we're 
a bit under the cosh, it's a nil-nil or we need to kill the game off. You stick Mendy on, fresh legs, he's got pace, he's, he looks strong, he looks really good in the ball and he can shoot from distance. McFadden's um, position isn't definitely so, uh, completely safe now, which is brilliant for us as a club. And that's one thing I want to cap this, you know, this segment off with really is the strength and depth in this squad. I don't wanna I don't wanna kibosh us already, but this could be one of the strongest ever National League squads assembled. And I, and I, I, my expectations where which I'll be talking about in the next season is um that my standards this season is extremely high. So after this, we're gonna t- we're gonna do our own little season preview. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Rose and uh, this is Dragonheart. The season starts on Saturday. It's such a big, it's such a big game, first game of the season. But now, this is our preview. Me and Mark did one last year, and now we've got two extra hosts to help. The first, I think, the first thing we're going to pick is our winners. Who do we think is going to win the league this year? And I think we don't even have to debate this one. It's got to be us, isn't it? It's got to be Wrexham this year. The, you know, the amount we've invested and the quality we've got in. Neil, I think something would have to go wrong if we don't win the league this year. We'd all like us to win the league this year and you know, hopefully come Christmas we'll be 10, 15 points clear at the top. But you know, that's never guaranteed. You know, they, As we saw, the, the lower teams that come, we saw us last season, they see it as a cup final for them and they come to spoil the party. Um, but I think this year we're a bit more geared up for that this season with the players we brought in as well. So, yeah, I can't see anybody else winning the league but us this year. Yeah, uh, I, I think I completely concur. And I think this season, what's best for us was if we weren't going to go up last year, I think the two best contenders went up. I think Grimsby and Stockport were the two guys that were going to really cause us problems if one of us didn't go up for us not to have a clear number one or number two in like Stockport, it's a lot easier, isn't it, Bill, in some regard? It is, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm not too, too sure about our opposition. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a tough one. There's always a team that sort of uh, puts their head above the parapet first. Uh, Chesterfield were the team last year, but it's been wrecked from countless times before where you're looking at getting to near Christmas and you think ah, they're going to have to do something to to uh, drop the ball a little bit there. And there may be a team that does that, you know, we might take a little bit of time to settle. It, it's not a, a foregone conclusion that we're going to hit the ground running, but uh, yeah, you can't look past us, can you? You just really can't. And I, I hate saying that because I almost feel arrogant, but you just, even, even taking the, the Rex and Rose tinted glasses off and you look at that squad, they got 88 points last season. A lot of years that would have seen us promoted. We lost eight times. A lot of years that would have seen us promoted. And we, and we haven't yet lost a single player from that we didn't want to lose from the squad from last year. And we've only strengthened. How... how I see. I seen somebody on Twitter earlier, and I can't remember. It was a Wheelstone fan, but I can't remember who it was, so can't give credit. But they said if Wrexham don't break the hundred-point barrier this year, then something will have gone wrong. And 
there's, there's something in that, you know, and other, other, fa- other teams are scared of us, aren't they, Mark, I think? Oh, and they should be. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I want to take, you know, bear in mind quite rightly what Neil said, that you can't take things for granted. You know, these are decent teams we're playing against, but the quality of players we've brought in, I mean, to not win the league this season and would be a, a genuine failure. And I'm amazed to hear myself saying that. I've got the sort of expectation about a season that I assume a Bayern Munich fan has, um, yeah. which I've never had before about a Wrexham season. You might hope they do well, but this time it's we've got to do well. We, we surely are by some distance the best team in the division, not least because I think, actually, I, looking at the sort of business that teams have done, I think the division's quite weak, actually. I, I'm, and I, I from the very start of the summer, I've been saying I don't really care about the other sides because with the quality we're putting together, we should be able to be anybody, you know, finish way above anybody in the National League. But having said that, I mean, Notts County have lost Roberts and Wotton, yeah, just two, you know, Kelly Evans, uh, Richardson, the wing back who got in the PFA team of the year and caused us all sorts of problems when we went there in the league. And they haven't really brought in that many striking replacements. They've gambled. I mean, it's a it's a sort of it's either going to be genius or or Gary Mills's Hamza Ben Sharif season with them because they've been bringing in the best players from the division below. Well, if that works, great. But we've seen lots of players like Elliot Durrell, for example, come up having torn things apart in the National League North, come up and then suddenly they look a bit mediocre. And if that happens to them, they are in trouble. They bought three players from the National League North team of the season, Austin, Wagstaff and Scott. And if they click, brilliant. If they don't click, they have not replaced the star players very well. And then you've got teams like Boreham Woods, I, I, well, sorry, Chesterfield, likewise. Sorry, Siri's just on a bus in, always fame hungry. Um, Chesterfield, similarly, have lost good players and lost a lot of experience. For me, I don't know, Chase, Solly Holland, Bromley look to me to be the team that's done the best business this summer and maybe the most likely challenges. Exactly. So, this is the next segment. Pick two challenges. And to be honest with you, Mark, I I was going to say, Solly Hill, Solly Hill, definitely. They've signed some good players, and they they were solid last season as well, weren't they? Um, you know, they brought in Kelleher, who's a friendly, who's a familiar face to us, a, a very good centre half at this level. Josh uh, Kelly, brilliant signing, yeah, from Ned, outstanding signing. That he he caused us all sorts of problems last season. It, exactly. So I, I'd say definitely Solly Hill, and I'd say. Third, yeah, prob- probably. I'm going to say Chesterfield because I think if it goes right for them, they're going to be a really good side. But as you said, I think it's a. I think Chesterfield are really gambling here, where it you know, they sign players from lower levels. If it works, their manager's going to look like an absolute genius. But if it doesn't, they could crash and burn. I think he so is I a good gonna, manager. Paul Cook yeah, is a really yeah, good Paul manager. Yeah, Paul Cook is a good manager. And that's what makes me think, okay, this this might be really clever. But, I mean, they've lost Alex Whittle, who was terrific from last year. Kellerman, good midfielder. They've lost Fraser Kerr. Um, Saidu Khan's gone up into the Football League. Gunning and Maguire from the back. They've lost a lot of players who played a lot of games from last season. And they're replacing them with players from a lower division. And on... 
on the face of that, if you didn't have that guarantee of an experienced manager who consistently is successful, you'd be worried when you if you saw that, wouldn't you? They have Shamanga back now, though, don't they? As well, well. If yes, true, but he will be back at some. I mean, I, I I hate to make this comparison, but look at Mark Williams, who was first season in non-league, was banging goals in left, right, and centre, uh, broke a bone in his foot, came back, never scored again. I agree, and I hope I never wish that on any player. Oh, no. um, but but I think if let's say hypothetically Shamanga comes back and he's firing, if Shamanga had the whole season last year, he probably would have won Player of the Season mm-hmm. over Mulling because he was looking electrifying. But yeah, Chesterfield look a dangerous force, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Bill, Neil, who are your? No, Bill, we'll go with you first. Who are your challenges? I I don't know. I think Sally Hula are the ones. They they look fantastic. Um, I mean, you seem to say it every year it doesn't never does quite click for them. But Dagenham and Redbridge are always going to be up there. They're usually a good side. Um, it's it's a, it's a difficult one to call really because I. Like Mark said, I think Notts County, they kind of remind me of our Kevin Wilkins season this year a little bit. You know, they've, they've gone and got a manager who's done well lower down and got players who've done well lower down. Well, you know, Louis, Louis Moult worked out really well for us. And I think if he'd have had a stronger team behind him, they they might have, you know, that Wrexham side might have done pretty well. Uh, but Moult was doing well in our level, just of a smaller team, whereas... No, of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget. I forget. None eating did go up, didn't they? But um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to bow down to to Mark's superior knowledge and sort of go with a uh, with Solly Hull and, and Bromley just because I'm not really. I, I can't call it. I can't call it. We did. We did in private. We did like our our like sort of predictions in the league table, didn't we? A couple of about a month or so ago, and I've changed my mind since. It's difficult to difficult to say really. Who are you fancying, Neil? As you say, difficult to say. You know. Solly Hall are going to be strong again, but then you know we can't forget about the teams that come down like Oldham and Scunthorpe. Are they going to put up a, much of a fight this season, or are they going to really struggle? We don't know. You know, I think Oldham may do better than, than Scunthorpe, and then we've got the teams that have come up from lower division as well: the Dorking, the York, Gateshead. Don't think they'd be challenging, but you know, on the face of it, Bromley were a very good team last season when they played us, and you know they're going to be up there about, and and also Halifax, you know. They were the dark horses last year that came through very late and, and, and put a really good run together. Um, yeah. Halifax so had a horrible... I would say Solihull and, and Halifax and maybe Boreham Wood fighting for the you know, second and third. See, I, this is, again, I, I, I sort of feel a lot of teams have had a bad summer because I think Halifax, they've lost a lot of quality and I'd be a bit concerned for them. Uh, you know, they've lost Marne. These are the players they didn't want to lose as well. That Niall Mars got into the football league, as he saw as Brad Tom Bradbury. Uh, Warren's gone, Green has gone, Martin Woods has gone. He scored on his debut in the football league, a cracking goal uh, last Saturday. Billy Waters, no, Billy Waters rather, he's he scored the goal on Saturday. Uh, they brought in Sam Minahan from Stockport, that's a cracking signing. But to me, Halifax have lost half their team. I'd, I'd be a bit worried if I was them. Um, I, I just, yeah, to, to me, a lot of teams look weakened. I think you're right about Oldham being more dangerous than Scunthorpe because Oldham, I think they've both come down as clubs in a really bad state. But having said that, Oldham have brought in some nice players, experienced players, and players from the Football League or players who had experience and success at our level, like um, 
Francis Angle and Louis Maynard, uh, Hogan from Stockport. And of course, your friend and mine, Ben Tollett. Yeah, well, all the mouth strength because they've just been taken over, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but I must have to say, I have to comment on that. Their own disrespect in Dorking could come back and bite them because mm. I look at Oldham and I look very sort of similar situations to what we were when we come down. Mm, don't disrespect anyone in this league. That There's players in every single team. I'd, I'd say National League. Well, I, I'd definitely say the National League's a lot harder to play in than League Two. And I'd say a lot of the quality isn't that different either. So be careful who you take the mick out of because Dorking could beat you 2 or 3 nil. I was pleased when we came down that I thought we were quite humble. Yeah. In the early years, at least we didn't assume we were a big club. We'll go straight back up. I think the fans sent out a sort of message of, you know, this is where we are now. We have to try and make the most of it. And if, I know frustration as time's gone on has altered that slightly. But, um, yeah, we didn't come down laughing at teams we hadn't heard of. And that was why I think we, we, we've had a lot of goodwill over the years from other clubs who I think appreciate our predicaments. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. And here's the last segment, and I want you to all pick two teams that you think are going to be dark horses this season where you're not sure whether they're going to do bad or they're going to do amazing. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to pick York because they seem to have a really good feel-good factor at the moment. Uh, the fans seem very in loud voices. They're back at where they belong. They played some nice football last season. Yeah, they're a big club. And I'd say another side I think might do quite well this season is Woking. They've brought in some higher quality players and they really started kicking to form at the end, tail end of last season, beating us convincingly, I'd say, as well. So I think Woking and York are the two teams to look out for who may challenge for that playoff point. Neil, who do you think may be a team to look out for? I was thinking along the like Dagenham again, you know, we you know, they, they gave us a good match and obviously we lost away at the end of the season to them and they, they always have a pretty sloppy start to the season but then they improve as the season goes on like a good old wine, they mature with age. Um, so them and, you know, maybe Maidstone has come up, you know, they, you know there's, there's a few teams that have gone, will go under the radar which are going to perform really well, you know, and, and we'll struggle against some of these teams. Ron, pick two. I'll go for then uh, Dagenham and now I'm going to go for Bromley. Okay, nice. Okay. Bill? Um, you did say we could pick Dark Horse to do badly and I am, after all that chat about Notts County, I'm going to put them on a, on a, on a rocky road this season. I think uh, it is one of those, this could come back to bite me in terms of predictions and we might lose to Notts County, but um, I, I just got a feeling that the signings and the manager that they've, that they've gone for maybe aren't the ones that are going to see them out for the whole season. Uh, and in terms of who I think is going to do well on, on the sly, I think I agree with you, Jay, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what we can do this season. They're a good side, good club as well, so it'd be interesting to see how well they do. Ak? I don't know. Um, I, I think you're right about Woking. I think that they've yeah, brought in a couple of nice players, haven't they? York have brought in some nice players, but they've lost a lot of good players, like Akeel Wright. Um, oh, Dark Horse. Ah, you know what? I'm not going to go against the trend, Woking. Fair play. 
One more, one more. Two dark horses. They're all rubbish. Um... Oh, don't say that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I want to run all the... Um, <laughs> just joking. Just joking. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at the division and trying... Okay, who have I put up here? It seems it could be half-decent. All right, I think Borenberg will finish higher than they did last year. Although we just nicked Jacob Mundy off him, so... Maybe not. Right. Okay. To to cap off the podcast, everyone give a team which away day you're looking forward to the most this season. Mark, you can start this one off. Oh, I I am not allowed to say York because it'll steal it off everyone else, won't I? Um... I I got a different <laughs> one to that. Okay, I'm gonna say York then because it's in York, York. Yeah, it's Why lovely it's ground, isn't it? So God knows it's probably up Whitby or somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> Neil. Well, I've already booked tickets to go to Chesterfield in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say maybe Oldham. It'll be a hell of an atmosphere at Oldham. Yeah. 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 Again, if we can get tickets. Yeah. Uh, Bill? Um, like Tiny Temper, I've never been to Scumfork, so I wouldn't mind uh, a little trip there. I've, I, I've got another one in mind, but I, I had to say that joke, so you go next, Jay. <laughs> go on. Uh... Me and Bill are going to Yeovil in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to be tracking down. Uh, so if anyone sees us, come say hello. Uh, yeah, Yeovil. I'm looking forward to Yeovil. But I really enjoyed Wealdstone last season. It's a ground I really want to go to again. The, the fans are brilliant. The club were brilliant. Yeah, Wealdstone for me. But I'm also looking for your, forward to Yeovil. What's, what's your, your favourite? What's your real one, Bill? I, I was thinking the Oval as well. I just wanted to. You, you'd already said you had one in mind, so I was. <laughs> right, I can't okay. wait to go to Yeovil. To be honest, it's going to be great. Right, and that's it for the podcast today. Um, yeah, everyone follow the Dragonheart Twitter, the official Rex Mercy Twitter, and YouTube, and TikTok, and all that business. And Triple A's back this season, so tune into that. All the good stuff that the the media team produce. But yeah, this has been Neil, Bill and Mark. This has been Dragonheart. Yay. My camera's just malfunctioned halfway through that podcast then. I don't <laughs> know what's happened The audio's it. gone horrible as well. Yeah, I, so, I, I do apologise. We'll forgive you. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Well done. That's it then. Nice one. Cheers, lads. Well done, right. everyone. I'm Aaron Hayden and this is Dragon Hearts.